Hello, and welcome to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, aired every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Kat Cannabis is the international best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland, Intuitive Aspects of Healing, and host of Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV Show. Together, we will explore cutting-edge insights and philosophies in health, wealth, and relationships. Cat's guests will be ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Now, here is your host, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Welcome to the show, everyone. We've got a great guest for you today, Marcy Izzard. And Marcy is all about health, healing, yoga, and cooking. Marcy knows mm-hmm. about health and wellness, cancer yoga, cooking, and has written a book to prove it. She was previously with three different TV stations. Her last one was in Houston on cooking, and she's been very involved in TV journalism. Marcy is the author of Nourishing Your Whole Self, a cookbook with feelings. It's published by Pelican Publishing Company, and she is also the author of a blog, Marcy's Table, Delicious Helpings from a Philosophizing Foodie. I just love that title. (laughs) Welcome to this show, Marcy. Thank you for having me. Now, did I did I say your last name right, or did I really butcher that? No, actually, you you nailed it. Nice job. I I tell people it's like lizard without the L, so you got it. (laughs) Great, great, Marcy Izzard. So, Marcy, my my first question, I'm sure this might be in the minds of our listeners, is why did you get out of TV and move into authoring books? Mm, It was the journey of the heart, really. Um, I had a a really great run in TV news and um, worked at three stations. I was originally in the Northeast and then moved to Texas about six years ago. And, you know, over the years, I was increasingly interested and drawn towards health and wellness. I started teaching, um, you know, classes and hosting cooking segments on TV. And the more I was doing that, the more my heart, I guess you could say, was leading me in that direction and away from um, all the stuff that comes with working in, in TV news, which... You know, on one hand, I was getting to do the cooking segments and do health reporting and stuff that I really loved. And then at the same time, I'm writing crime stories and all of that. So that was not really working for me as much. And I wanted to move into something that, um, that, that speaks to me, is important to me, and that more directly helps people. And so that's where I am now. And so now you're into cooking delicious, helping recipes, uh, healthy recipes for people. Um, and, and you know, I, and I, I love doing that too. Meditation. Yeah. Cancer mm-hmm. yoga. So tell us a little bit about um, cancer yoga and, and how did you get into that? Because that's actually how I found you, on, I believe, on LinkedIn is I saw the mm-hmm. cancer yoga and said, yes, I've got to interview this amazing woman. Well, you know, so I, I cancer yoga in particular is not something that I, I, is not my expertise. I'm a yoga instructor and I really love power yoga and hot yoga. And over the years I've been learning more about restorative and healing yoga at the same time. And, you know, so this is something that I'm continuing to discover really for myself. Um, But my mom had breast cancer a few years ago and I saw for her going through her treatment, how, 
um, getting more into her body and getting more into meditation and um, sort of, you know, transcending even the body in, in that practice, um, how much it really helped her. So uh, when you when you saw that your mother was going through this treatment, how did it suddenly occur to you that um, being able to do cancer yoga might be um, a benefit to her, especially with, you know, when you're going through treatment, you have a lot of trouble with balance. You know, I, I, I went mm-hmm. through breast cancer three times. I'm a three-time breast cancer survivor, and I remember when I went through treatment, all the hair <laughs> in my whole body fell out, my, my nose hairs, yeah. my ear hairs, which are so important to your balance. And I found it hard enough to stand on two feet, let alone just one, and, and balance yeah. in a yoga position. So those, those listeners right now who are going through treatment or maybe have gone through surgery, how can this cancer yoga be helpful to them? Well, I guess I should clarify that I, I teach yoga, not cancer yoga. Um, mm-hmm. But I find that all, um, you know, it, a, a yoga practice can be really supportive no matter what it is that we're going through, um, you know, whether it is heartbreak or um, disease or just regular life. You know, in all of these different aspects, a, a yoga practice can really help ground us and center us. And so, um, uh, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but um, yeah. Um. So, so basically, people who who maybe are having balance problems for whatever reason, you don't always have to just stand on one foot, do you? You can actually right. be oh, on the of floor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of. Um, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, favorite yoga poses. And um, one of the first ones that came to mind for me actually is lying on your back on the floor with your legs straight up in the air, pressed up against a wall. And so this is a pose that for me, it just feels really restorative. And it's something one that actually my mom has talked about that she really likes as well. And, you know, so this is not a pose that requires balance. Um, or even strength, but this is nonetheless a yoga pose. Really, you know, yoga can be, um, it can be anything that we're doing. It doesn't have to even be, you know, quote unquote, a a yoga pose. Um, Any, any posture that we take that we breathe deeply in and feel our bodies and let go of judgments and, you know, all of the self-limiting and destructive thoughts that we all have. I, at least I do. You know, anything. What a great, really can be uh, you know, that, that practice doing that. Yeah, I I can imagine, you know, lying on the floor with my my feet or my legs up against the wall, which is something that that we can do at home, and using mm-hmm. the breath to cleanse your body, basically from the inside yeah. out. Take a deep breath in and let all those negative thoughts and painful thoughts and scary thoughts just, mm-hmm. uh, you know pushed all the way across the room when you breathe out that you know and that's right. all part of yoga right absolutely and so you know when balance is an issue there are a lot of postures that can be done like that on the floor and it's still every bit as much of a powerful yoga practice and you know if, if in doing yoga what we're really working towards is um more connection with our body and more connection with what's even deeper than our body 
um, we can access that whether we're, you know, standing on one hand or lying on the floor and taking a, a spinal twist and just lovingly tuning in, like I said, letting all the other junk that comes up go and using deep breath on, you know, on those slow and complete exhales, especially our heart rates come, you know, uh, uh, low, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, our heart slows down, um, mm-hmm. blood pressure goes down. All of these positive physiological effects can come just with a deep breath. And when we get on the floor and feel for that grounding, that contact with the floor, um, it's all the more pronounced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that sounds wonderful, you know, that grounding with the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and pay, again, breath is life. When you take those deep breaths, you're taking in life, and and that's that's you know just so important. So, what are your thoughts on Bikram yoga? Because I I did do Bikram yoga one time, and you know what? My body you could have tied me in a knot. I was I was so limber and loose from the heat, but I, mm-hmm. I did see quite a people leaving and coming back in because, yeah. you know, it is, it is a bit warm. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on Bikram yoga. Yeah, a bit warm is uh, speaking loosely. It's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> what, like about 110 degrees just about in there. It's super hot. Um, I'm actually, I love hot yoga. I don't right now teach it. I had been for a little bit, not specifically Bikram. Um, the Bikram style can be, um, a little bit forceful for me. Sometimes the language that's used is a little bit too kind of like push sort of language. Um, and the style that I do is still in a hot room, and it's still the similar sequence of one pose and then another and another and a set sequence. Um, but it's a little bit more, um, you know, geared toward staying and feeling in your body and doing what feels right for you. And so with that said, the heat, yeah, it's probably not for everyone. Um, I, like you just said, I love it. It makes me feel really open. Um, You know, you sweat out everything that you could possibly Mm -hmm. sweat out, which can feel really awesome afterwards and very rewarding. Mm -hmm. But I think with all of these things, I just always encourage all of my students to stay in your own body and your own experience. And so for some people, it, you know, they'll love it just as much as you and I, and some people it's just not going to work, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, you got to build up to it, too. Maybe you can't stay in there for the whole session. And I always tell people, know your limits. Stay in them and be mm-hmm. proud of them. Don't let anybody push you beyond your limit. Um, but one of, one of the positive aspects I found of Bikram Yoga, even if you can't do more than 10 minutes, is it does clean out the lymphatic system. I mean, you're just, everything is, is just releasing in your body, the tensions, mm-hmm. the muscles, and uh, your sweat glands are, are all emptying out. So that, that's yeah, kind of, yeah. that's nice. So let's talk okay. about your book. Um, uh, what what prompted you to basically give up your your life on TV and your TV journalism to go into uh, writing a cookbook? And and how did you come up with your title? Well, yeah. So you know, I, I had a, a blog that I was writing for a little while beyond the one that's on the Houston Chronicles website um, that 
where I really started to explore the idea, which I, then became the book, and that is that I categorize recipes by how they make you feel. So um, kind of like I was saying before, in yoga, I always really encourage staying in connection with your body and feeling into your body. And so I basically apply that with food. And so the categories I use in the book are refreshed, peaceful, comforted, treated, and indulged. And so these are obviously subjective mm. categories. They're based on cooking methods and Ayurveda and all kinds of different research, but also this is clearly a very subjective thing. And the idea is that I'm not trying to, you know, guarantee how any particular food or recipe is going to make anyone feel, but I believe that it really the, the categories are meant to be reminders to connect with your body and feel into your body, which you can do during a meal, you can actually do even in this moment right now. Just take a moment mm-hmm. to sit back and feel into your body. And I believe that the more we do this and create that connection, the more balanced our choices naturally become. And so I encourage people to leave this in around mealtime. And I believe it leads to, in my experience, it's led to a more balanced diet without all the stress of cutting this out or anything like that. It's just naturally created more alignment in my diet. And I find that, you know, as we do this, it starts to create, at the same time, greater awareness and balance in our lives overall. And so it's sort of a big concept, but that's the the heart of the book, which uh, is something that is, um, well, I'm working on it myself every day. Mm. So you actually, you actually cook and, and feed your family your meals out of your cookbook. I try to, yeah, you know, I'm working on another book right now, so it's sort of funny, um, the recipes that are in Nourishing Your Whole Self were ones that I was making a few years ago, and by the time the book actually comes out, a few years go by, and so uh, at this point, I'm, I'm on to making a lot of the recipes that will be in my new book, um, which no information on when that will be available, but yeah, there are some recipes, though, in, in Nourishing Your Whole Self that I still do make regularly, um, a few favorites in there. There's um, a pasta puttanesca recipe that's really uh, nourishing and salty, and I just love pasta, and you've got some olives and capers in there so good, and there are a bunch of recipes that I put pictures with every recipe, and so when I take the book out, um, I just love to kind of flip through sometimes and make my mouth water actually looking at some of the things in there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, for those of you just tuning in, our guest today is Marcy Izzard. And Marcy's all about health, healing, yoga, and cooking. So we're going to take a quick break, and as soon as we come back, we're going to get more information on how you can connect with Marcy, and we're going to talk a little bit more about her cookbook and her future plans, so don't go away. Hey, Jenna, have you seen the TV show Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod on Channel 99? OMG, I love that show. It's with Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. She's an international best-selling author and Lori Boyle, the CEO of Lori Boyle Media. Right. They're hosting a personal development seminar, Retreat for the Soul. It's about your dreams, meditation, healing, and the subconscious mind. Ooh. It sounds fun. And rejuvenating. Let's go. Where do we sign up? Their website, wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. 
Did you know that you can use your own radio show to promote your business and become a celebrity in your area or industry? Do you have a great idea for a radio show or a passion that you would like to share with other like-minded people? The Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio and TV hosts Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle will show you how. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Do you have a great story to tell or do you want to write your memoir? Best-selling author Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle, CEO of Lori Boyle Media, are the hosts of the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV and radio shows. Join their Writer's Workshop Intensive to get writing and get published. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with Marcy Izzard on her cookbook that uh, has been published by Pelican Publishing Company. So, Marcy, um, you said that you have pictures in your cookbook, did you take those pictures? I did. I did. You took them personally? Oh yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I have a a pretty nice camera, um, <laughs> and I've looked at lots of really pretty food pictures, and so uh-huh. I put those uh, those two things together and ended up with actually I think some some pretty yummy looking um, food pictures. That's took fabulous. Where it looks good. <laughs> So so if any of our listeners would like to, uh, you know, go and check out your book or your blog, how can they find you and connect to those sites? Uh, well, so the book is in bookstores. And um, to be safe, I would recommend calling your bookstore and seeing if they have it or asking them to order it. Uh, also, of course, you can get it online. It's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, you know, you can check out any of those websites, indie books. And um, social media, check me out on social media. So I'm on Facebook. I try to tweet, like, I don't know, once a month. I'll be honest, I'm not so good with Twitter. <laughs> um, but, yeah, social media. And then I also have my blog on the Houston Chronicles website, um, which those uh, I also post up on my website, marcyizzard.com. So that's M-A-R-C-I-I-Z, as in zebra. A-R-D dot com. Great. So, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty about your book. What is your, your cookbook, what is your favorite recipe in your cookbook? I know you said that, that you love pasta. So are your, mm-hmm. is your one, a specific pasta recipe your, your all-time favorite? Oh, it's so hard. You know, I get asked, asked this question a fair amount, so I should have, like, a canned response right now, uh, by now, but I don't. Um so, the, you know, the way that the book works is that, as I said, um, the recipes are categorized by how to make you feel. So refreshed, peaceful, comforted, treated, or indulged. So towards the front of the book, you, the refreshing recipes, here's where you're going to find the, the lighter things. So salads, smoothies, as we get into peaceful, you're going to find more soups and bruschetta and things like that. Comforted is where we'll have some of those pastas. And then with treated, we're getting, you know, a little bit on the heavier side. I have, like, banana bread in there and some other sweets that have fruit in them. And then, of course, indulged is where we've got, like, you know, the the mozzarella sticks and the um, decadent brownies and all that good stuff. Mm. But um, I would say, so some of my favorites, so in the treated category, there's actually a brownie recipe there that has zucchini in the brownies, two cups of zucchini. And I made those for a book signing, actually, that I had recently, which was a great icebreaker 
um, to have this played out in brownies <laughs> so that I could say, how about a zucchini brownie? And, of course, there are some people that have, like, panic on their face when I hear that. Um, but it was pretty rewarding. There was this one little girl in particular that really looked terrified at the idea, and apparently she hates zucchini, and her eyes lit up when she took a bite um, because you actually can't even, you can't taste it at all. It just adds moisture to the brownies. Um, so that's a favorite. Uh, there's some soups that I love. Uh, there's a sort of like a Mexican-style chicken soup that has avocado in it and corn and tomatoes and all that yummy stuff. Um, mm. I never thought yeah, of putting like a soup. That, that's a great idea because it's, it is so healthy. So, yeah. Oh, you know, I avocado, there's like nothing that I almost won't put an avocado on or in. I love avocado so much. This one, you don't cook it in there. You just kind of add it at the end. But I live in Texas, and so this is sort of like a Tex-Mex style chicken soup. Mm, mm-hmm. So you, you shared with us uh, the child that kind of looked at that brownie like, you know, it was a lizard <laughs> and, and then <laughs> ate it and her eyes lit up. And that's always wonderful when you, uh, you, you know, you can get the, the children to, to love your cooking. Um, do you have any interesting cooking stories uh, that you, that you can, can share with us? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, here I am working on my second cookbook, and I've had like a little bit of a crisis of conscience because I was realizing recently I don't know if I like cooking, which was <laughs> a pretty awkward and disturbing um, discovery. <laughs> um, but you know what I, I recently actually realized? Once I admitted that to myself, um, I kind of took a, a step back, and I realized that I put – a lot of pressure on myself with cooking. You know, the fact that I hosted a cooking segment and um, have this cookbook, it's really all because I like to eat. And so because of that, I've learned to cook. Um, But because of those things, people expect me to be awesome at it, which means I've put all of this pressure on myself and it's sort of sabotaged the process. So once I stepped back and noticed that, um, I've been able to enjoy it more, been able to, like, notice what the problem was and let that go a little bit and just, uh, I don't know, slow down and enjoy the process more. It's also, you know, challenging with the pace of life and there's so much going on. It can be hard to find time to cook. So all of that mm-hmm. put together was becoming just stressful for me. So lately, my, uh, I guess the story of my cooking lately is enjoying the journey and, slowing down and letting kind of like I was saying before with yoga, you know, recognizing the thoughts, the self-limiting beliefs that come up and letting those go, breathing through what comes up. And then on the other Mm -hmm. side of that is usually a little bit more peace and able to enjoy the moment, which for me, I'm very actively practicing this with cooking right now. Yeah. You know, cooking is one of those things. It's like um, artwork that you get to eat (laughs) <laughs> you put mm-hmm, all this mm-hmm. you put all this time and emotion into to what you're cooking and then instead of hanging it hanging it on the wall you you get to eat it and that's one of the things that I love about cooking and I remember when I first started cooking I was scared to death Marcy I thought oh my gosh what mm-hmm. if I burn this I would I would have nightmares my recurring nightmare was that I would be frying up hamburgers 
on the stove, and they would shrink down to the size of a cotton ball. And I would have <laughs> a whole table full of people waiting to eat my, my cotton ball size, uh, you know, hamburgers. That was a recurring nightmare. It would wake me up in the middle of the night because I, I was mm-hmm. just so afraid of cooking. And then one day I said, you know what? I have a toilet. Anything that I mess up, I can flush. And suddenly that nightmare stopped. And I realized yeah, that no yeah. matter how messed it was, I could get rid of it. And then when I had my, my show, when I had my show up on Cape Cod, uh, we were in the middle of a show when the cork blew off the champagne bottle and almost took the uh, the lights out. And you just have to keep going like nothing happened, and we never did find that cork. So, you know, cooking oh can God. be fun, and we, we do tend to put a, a lot of pressure on ourselves to, to cook when what we need to do is enjoy making our food. So was your mother a great cook? Where do you think you got this this desire to cook from besides loving to eat? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, my mom is a great cook. And it's funny, we she and I have evolved sort of at the same time in what we like to cook and eat over the years. And so, uh, you know, it was much simpler when, when we were younger. And, uh, you know, um, pretty much... I'm trying to remember. I mean, I actually we were just remembering recently how there were even nights that that we, you know, that she would be going out or something. It was my dad and and she would put some fish sticks, like frozen frozen fish sticks, in the microwave or however you prepare that, and it like makes me shudder to think about it. Um, but but generally that wasn't the case. That was just you know on the rare occasion that she was going out. But she she always made home cooked meals and we had family dinners and it was a really um, uh, yeah, that was a really big part of growing up is that family time that we had at night. And so over the years, as we continued to have that more, and, you know, more has become available in the stores, too. Um, mm-hmm. Our tastes have changed, and now, you know, I, I shudder at the thought of, of a fish stick, as I think she does, too. No <laughs> offense to anybody that loves fish sticks. Um, <laughs> but. But, yeah, that's always been. And, you know, I recently got together. Um, my, my family lives in the Northeast, and I'm in Texas. So recently uh, my dad couldn't make it, but my mom and sister came to visit. And it's just special time that we have together to be able to get into the kitchen and open some wine and make some delicious food. It mm-hmm. uh, it's, it continues to be a know? part of our relationship. Yeah, and, and it can be for those of us who – find that life is so fast and you go, you know, I would love to just sit down and eat a home cooked meal tonight, but I can't. I'm just, I'm too tired and I'm too busy and I want to eat. I'm hungry now and I want to eat now. But you know what I found, Marcy, is if we just take a step back, like you said, and we make cooking a family a family entertainment time, basically, because when when so-and-so is cutting up something over here and somebody else is sautéing something in a pan over here and somebody else is opening the wine, all these great stories yeah. come out, and there's a camaraderie, a family, a unifying family moment that, that, you know, you can't really get any other way. Yeah, it's an activity, absolutely. And I will say, because of all of that, too, I only really make simple things. So even in my cookbook, we don't have anything that has, you know, a ton of ingredients or things you've never heard of or, uh, you know, way too many steps, all of the things, including like those brownies that I mentioned, that soup that I mentioned, these are things that Mm -hmm. can be ready without completely stressing your time and your energy. Uh, They're actually pretty simple ways to have home-cooked food um, without, you know, like I said, all of the time and stress. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I know that my husband and I are getting back into entertaining. And we invite friends over. You know, there might be three couples all together. And, and every, each couple will bring their favorite food. That way you know that there's going to be at least one thing that, that, mm-hmm. that the couple will eat. And, you know, it, it's so wonderful yeah. to have home-cooked food because, let's face it, you probably know as much as, you know, as, as well as everyone that when you make home-cooked food, it's lower calorie for the most part than eating out. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So eating out is, is expensive, and, and it can be a, a, a bit uh, fattening as well because of the butters, the creams, the salt. So we are actually down to our last minute. So in 30 seconds, can you uh, share with us your your last thoughts on your cookbook and health and yoga? What would you like to leave our audience with? Well, I hope that you check out the, the book, Nourishing Your Whole Self, A Cookbook with Feelings, and whether the concept speaks to you uh, particularly or you're just looking for some good um, home-cooked, simple recipes. I think that you'll find something that you like in there. And, yeah, you know, and really it's just uh, the book is, is similar to what I encourage with yoga, you know, whether we're in the middle of a hardship in some way or not, to be connected with your body, be connected as a way of, of being connected with the moment. And as we do that, I really believe that everything becomes a little bit brighter. Thank you so much, Marcy. Thank you for being with us here today and for sharing your thoughts and your cookbook and your stories with us. So for everybody listening now, join us again next Wednesday for more great Thank you for tuning in to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show. If you would like to comment or have an idea for the show or have a question for Kat or one of her guests, please visit her on Facebook at Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. This show and previous shows are archived on Blog Talk Radio, accessible from survivingcancerland.com and accessyourinnerguide.com. Join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week.